It's that time of the week again. It's that time when the latest episode of Digital Kill the Radio Star drops. Drop! It's time to waste another hour or so with David and Chris as they spout out more of their worthless music knowledge. It's time to hear them discuss the music of their youth. As well as the music of today. So kick back, relax, and have some fun with David and Chris. Digital Kill the Radio Star starts right now. And a happy belated new year to everyone, and welcome back to Digital Kill the Radio Star podcast. This is David and Chris. We're both... uh, Trying to stay warm this afternoon, as I'm sure everybody else is in the country, as it's freezing cold. Uh, Chris, it's been a while. It's good to uh, good to talk to you again, and hope we're going to have a fun podcast. Yeah, man, good to talk to you too. Um, spur of the moment podcast, and uh, little time to really prep for it. It doesn't really matter, though. I think we could do this one in our sleep. Yeah, we could have. You could have texted me 30 seconds ago and said, "Are you ready to roll?" And I, I would say yes. So uh, we do apologize for the little sabbatical that we took the last few weeks, but that was all for good reason. We needed to recharge our batteries. We got some new equipment for Christmas from Santa Claus, and uh, we're testing some of that out now. So if we have some audio issues or whatever, please bear with us. We're uh, trying to get our feet wet. One of the things that we talked about on our last podcast is we're going to try to uh, do more interviews uh, this year. And so we have uh, we're working on a few that we think are going to be good. But in the meantime, we wanted to uh, let everybody know we're still here and kicking. And so uh, we're going to have a podcast uh, for you today. I do want to tell you, as usual, to follow us on Twitter at Digital Killed and like us on Facebook, Digital Killed the Radio Star, and subscribe via iTunes and uh, SoundCloud. And uh, we appreciate all of the uh, listeners, uh, all the new people listening uh, over the Christmas break. We actually had a lot of new people listen to us. Our back catalog went up. Uh, the numbers increased significantly, so we really appreciate that. Also, uh, I want to thank everybody for their uh, talks to us and, and tweets to us on Facebook and, I mean, on Twitter and, and mentions us on Facebook. Uh, really enjoy the uh, social media interaction and uh, just uh, ask uh, some of our listeners, we have, uh, we'll surprise you with something in the mail or something in your email as a thank you for listening to us. So if you've been listening to our podcast for a while, you know that normally we're kind of like Saturday Night Live. We have a cold opening. That is no more. Uh, we have a new uh, intro to, actually we have two new, new intros. We premiered one just now and uh, I'm really proud of it. I know Chris, you're really proud of it. And uh, Chris, why don't you tell everybody how that intro came to be? Well, my uh, my father does, um, I guess, technical terms, you'd say radio production, radio syndication, radio stations all across the really, really, he's kind of, he's always been kind of international. He um, 
it's his career. You know, he uh, he does everything from call letters to concert announcements to co- just different radio contests. I mean, anything you'd imagine. I mean, he's the guy who, just like I said, that's calling the call letters, and he's done that really throughout the country, some international for many many years. And um, David and I had just been kind of talking about you know, how could we do an intro? How could we you know, make ourselves sound a little bit more professional. And I said, well, let me just get with my dad. And, uh, you know, I came up with a few different ideas of how I wanted this to go. And I, I kicked it over to David. I was like, man, what do you think of this? And um, fortunately, David didn't tell me I was insane. And my dad was able to, this vision of mine that I thought was way too elaborate and had way too many parts, my dad was able to just piece it together. And I thought he, I thought he hit it out of the park. I mean, I'm, biased of course but anyway that's how it came about oh i love it uh asked my wife i've listened to it a lot and he just uh uh sent us a second version that uh we'll have for you guys sometime in the future so uh, mr mitch craig uh greatly greatly appreciated uh very proud of it and uh thanks for making us sound uh, uh a little more professional yeah, and if anybody out there is curious, you know, you, you just, since you did say his name, if anybody out there is just curious about what he does, you can just you can Google him at Mitch Craig Productions. Uh, I think the website may be MitchCraigProductions dot com, but I'm I'm actually it's actually still in my mind right now. But just Mitch Craig Productions, and he will come up. Yeah, thank you once again, Mr. Craig. I re- really appreciate it. Well, uh, Chris, uh, you were texting me yesterday about a uh, a new band that you've been listening to. Uh, Thought you might want to let everybody know uh, about your uh, new discovery. Yeah, and I will say that anybody that's listening, that's going to log on, uh, they're going to check this podcast out, for particularly for this topic. This band may not be for you, and I get that. But um, anyway, it's a band I recently discovered. I was, it, was, it was last weekend. I was driving. I, had, I, I was flipping the XM, and I came across – I was on XMU. And a band was on called Car Seat Headrest. And uh, they had a song, I swear the song's like 11, 12 minutes long off their new album that's coming out, I think, first week of Jan, first or second week of February. Anyway, it just, it, it blew me away. So I started listening to their back catalog. And I really kind of started with an album of theirs called Teens of Style. And... I just love it. It's um, it's very what you would call David lo-fi. I mean, it's that kind of typical indie rock sound. Um, but this band just really kind of grabbed me, and I say more so than than most bands do. I've uh, I've been listening to them a lot last week, and uh, I will definitely be checking out the new album when it comes out. But this one right now that I have in my hands is uh, it's called Teens of Style by Car Seat Headrest. Check these guys out if you want something a little bit different. If you are definitely listening to it, listening to us because you like hard rock, the uh, hard rock slash glam, eighties metal, whatever you want to call it. I acknowledge this band may not be for you, but if you're open minded, check these guys out. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to listen to them yet, but uh, I will. And let everybody, I'll let everybody know out there that uh, Chris is a uh, very good judge of music. And uh, I'm going to confess something uh, 
it. I don't know if I. Oh can... man, this is this is cool. I like this. I like what's coming. Yeah. So, uh, on our last podcast, we did our best of 2017, and Chris's number one album was the debut album from Dream Car. And I'm not a huge new wave guy, and uh, you know, I kind of oh, he really likes it. That's cool and everything, but uh, didn't really probably really didn't give it the the chance that it deserved. And so, um, over the Christmas break, I was, I, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to just listen to the whole album. And if I had to redo my top, uh, 10 of 2017, I would have to bump Mastodon from 10 to 11 and drop Greta Van Fleet from two to three and insert dream car at number two, just behind, uh, Noel Gallagher's who built the moon. And hey, before I want to cut you off, one quick moment, and then I'm going to let you get right back. I will say, because you, and this is why I wanted to cut in right now, and not until you were done, because you said it would bump right behind Noel Gallagher, I want to say I also, like you, I decided to try an album out, and that was Noel Gallagher. We each tried each other's, you know, number one out, and Noel Gallagher's album blew me away. I thought it was amazing. I don't know where it would rank in my list. But it would be top ten. So, in the words of the brother Liam, as you were, <laughs> I like that. Um, anyway, so um, we may have some more uh, new wave recommendations for you in the future. As uh, I have been going back and checking out a little more of uh, New Order and The Cure and uh, Depeche Mode and a little Joy Division. So, uh, uh, opened my eyes up and. Uh, won't exactly look down upon that music anymore. So uh, thanks, Chris, and that's cool that uh, you like Gallagher's album. I told you it sounded it sounded unlike anything he's ever done before. Yeah, you know, I would honestly put that album. Um, it, it's tough to say, but I, I I don't I'm not. It's not that it's terrible, but I'm not a huge fan of Oasis past the first two records, and this for me is at least in the ballpark of those first two. I mean, and, and I might, I might even put it past the, uh, debut Oasis record. I mean, I, I liked it that much. Um, but you know, it's just, you get into new wave and, and some of the things and, and me mentioning car seat headrest, you know, I mean, that's, that's what I, that's what I wish everybody could do is expand and listening to listen to all these bands. I mean, we should all be so lucky to see the same beauty in Chris Isaac and Otis Redding and the Sex Pistols and Slayer. You know, that, that's, that's what I love, you know, and, and there's, I know there's not a lot of us like that, but man, it's just open your minds, people. There's some good stuff out there. By the way, if anybody listening has those four CDs in their CD changer in their car, will you please call us? You'll, they'll we'll send us a message. I promise you, we'll send we'll send you something fun. I, I thought about uh, just doing random tweets. Sometimes I I have a uh, um, my vehicle actually uh, is a is a two thousand eight or nine. I can't remember Chevrolet Tahoe, and it it actually holds six CDs. And uh, I thought about doing random tweets of what's in my CD player uh, uh-huh. at, at any time, and thought that would be fun. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. It's it's a shame that, uh, and uh, you and I are guilty of this some to some extent as other people. It's a shame when we start pigeonholing stuff and uh, 
don't even give other things a chance. And uh, I, I've really, uh, Dream Car really opened my eyes to that. And uh, like I told you earlier, I'm trying to get into a little bit more punk and, uh, and New Wave. And hopefully we'll have some uh, punk-centric episodes in the future as well, maybe as some uh, New Wave. So uh, Well, yeah. And one more thing, just to talk about music, like this is in this, and I'm not even embarrassed to say this. Maybe some people would say, well, uh, maybe it should be, but last week I, for work, I was, I was, um, I said, I went to a training session and this is a, a real big new building in in, um, Midtown Memphis. I was, I was walking through it and they had, as, I, as I'm walking to get a cup of coffee, they had that song. Uh, I know it's a few years old, but by Miley Cyrus, Wrecking Ball. And I'm just sitting there thinking, damn, that's a good song. You know? And, and I'm not, look, I don't want to go buy Miley Cyrus record. That's a great song. And I'm okay, I'm okay with admitting that. <coughs> you know? And that's, that's what's cool. You know I mean? Just don't, um, don't limit yourself. No, open your eyes and, uh, or your ears, shall we say, and you never know what, uh, what you'll like. Before we get into our topic, uh, we, I know we have a lot of people that listen to this uh, podcast that are big Black Crows fans, and anybody listened to it more than a few times know that they're my favorite band. Um, there's a little bit of a civil war going on amongst uh, Black Crows fans, and it's kind of interesting to uh, follow. As I've talked about, Rich Robinson has a band called the Magpie Salute, and Chris Robinson's primary band these days is the Chris Robinson Brotherhood, and they definitely... Uh, tend to be more Grateful Dead than Led Zeppelin. Uh, matter of fact, they're no Led Zeppelin. They're all Grateful Dead. And uh, Chris has made fun of Rich in the past for the Magpie Salute, saying that uh, uh, you know he was just a glorified cover band. And uh, recently, Chris has decided to put together a band of ex-Black uh, Crows members, and it's going to be called As the Crow Flies. And they're going to do 17 shows and... Uh, and that's it. And they're only going to play Black Crow songs. And uh, according to Chris, he's just going to go out and play the hits because he said, I'm not going to get tired of singing She Talks to Angels because I haven't sung it in five years, so I can handle it for 17 nights. But uh, the interest, a couple of interesting news items have come out regarding that. One, uh, Rich was asked about it, and he was just basically like, so Chris is going to take the B team out. He goes, I've got Mark Ford, uh, which I thought was a... Uh, great um a great quote but uh chris i was going to ask you about this i don't know if you saw i posted the article on facebook it was an interview with mark ford and he said he was actually asked to join guns and roses uh when izzy left uh and i had i've never heard that before as big of a crows fan as i am it um kind of would be interesting uh to see how that uh use your illusion out well I think Izzy was done with recorded all of Usual Illusion, but it'd be interesting to see how Mark Ford translated live. Yeah, well, I mean, I, he would have got to do much. I mean, I, honestly, I mean, no matter how great a player he may be, you know, it was it's it's Slash's gig. But um, you know, I, I will say one thing that I, that and, and and I'm able to say this because I'm I'm not the. I think they, I think they were a great band, but I'm not the, the massive fan of Black Crows like you were. But when he says he, you know, that he's got the A team and the best team and all that of, of the Black Crows, who's I always forget his name. But who's the guy that you said that Chris has taken out on guitar? Well, he's taken out Audley Freed and then um, Marcus King, who's like a 22 year old blues prodigy. 
but but Freed was on. Uh, oh man, help me out. Who's that Southern he, Rock sounding band? Uh, he was in a Cry of Love. Yes, Cry of Love. I, moment for me to plug Cry of Love. If anybody's never heard this album, if you want to hear great, great, great Hendrix style playing with one of the best pipes in, in rock that never truly made it, Cry of Love. I mean, you're talking insane vocals, insane player. God, that was a great record. But uh, anyway, um, yeah. again, as, as as Liam said, as you were. <laughs> yeah, they were they were a great band, and uh, Audrey Freed is certainly uh, an accomplished musician, a, in very high demand session player, and then uh, he has played with a ton of people. So anyway, I'm going to go see us at Crow Flies in New Orleans. Uh, actually bought a uh, meet and greet experience. I've never done that before, so... Uh, Here's hoping Mr. Robinson is uh, is nice to me. Well, Chris, like you said, we threw together this podcast with very little preparation. Kind of wanted to test some new things out and just let everybody know that we're still still here while we wait for our uh, our next uh, interview episode. And uh, one of the t- the topic that we decided to do today is uh, power ballads. Uh, something you and I could probably rattle forty or fifty off the top of our head without uh, a lot of research. So we decided to. Uh, Go with that. Uh, you could probably say power ballads were the uh, the rise and the downfall of uh, glam metal as they all became cookie cutter there toward the end, and we addressed that in our Did Grunge Kill Glam episode. But, uh, Chris, I don't know about you. When I, when I was putting this list together, it uh, brought back a lot of fun memories from uh, high school and college and, and junior high, and uh, really I just had to start limiting myself because my list was so long. Yeah, I mean, really, mine was brought back more memories of anything than to, to a junior junior high school. Um, and, and because I did this in about thirty minutes, uh, I'm I'm anticipating you naming something, and I think, wow, how did I leave that off? You know, because I didn't take a lot of time. But that's the cool thing about it is I was able to put together a list in about thirty minutes. Like I said, no, really, when you when you mentioned this idea to me, really, no prep. But okay, big deal. I can I can do this in my sleep. But um, yeah, you know, if if you, if you if you listen to us and you listen to our new intro, one of the things it says there is how how we're going to reflect some of the music of our youth. This is part of it. This is our youth. We've said this time and time again. Our gateway drug, and um, some people want to uh, crap on the on the power ballads and all. Uh, well. I think they're wrong. <laughs> I mean, I think the power ballad was was great. And uh we got a lot of great, great, great songs out of this this formula that came about in I guess really kind of the mid eighties. Yeah, I was uh I was texting a former podcast guest, Sonny Pooney today, who by the way <clears throat> has an excellent podcast called Growing Up Rock with uh Stephen Michael. And uh, Sonny is an unabashed, unapologetic uh, ballad lover. And then uh, his co-host, Stephen Michael, uh, isn't a big ballad uh, person. So I sent Sonny a text. I said, you're going to approve of uh, this uh, episode we're about to record. And I said, give me a random uh, power ballad to mention. And so uh, he sent me one. So, uh, Sonny, we hope you uh, hope you approve of our, our selections today. Well, and those, those Potter Than Hell guys hate ballads. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I don't I don't get that. Potter and Hell guys, if you're listening, man, keep doing what you're doing. I love what you do. 
I disagree with you. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, come on, Stephen BC. Throw your lighter up in the air and, uh, <laughs> and uh, have fun with the rest of us. So, uh, Chris, uh, I think we've done a good job of interviewing uh, our topic. And uh, I'm, I think I'm going to start it off first this time. Normally, you start it off first. I'm going to roll this time. Go for it. My first one comes off is from The Cult. It comes from uh, their album Beyond Good and Evil. And that is going to be a song called Nico. Uh, this is would be probably this is probably the latest entry in terms of release in my list. Uh, as anything with you know with the cult, uh, very melodic sounds very good. It's uh, has a different a little bit of a different feel than uh, a lot of other power ballads. But uh, Nico is uh, actually one of my favorite cult songs, so uh, I'm going to throw that one out there first. Well, and I love I love that album. I thought that was a, a great, great comeback album. And um, you know, I'll go with two things. One, we talked about this when we when we did our um, greatest uh, hairband albums, and and I said that the cult. I, I realize the cult is one of those ones that they can fit in with uh, the '80s goth kids listening to The Cure, and they can fit into the people that are listening to, you know, to to Guns N' Roses. To Motley Crue, you know, especially when they came out with Sonic Temple. So it, it, I, I never necessarily always, I never, I don't necessarily bring them into the same list. I get why you do, and then the second part is I don't really. Mine all were kind of, I guess, older the songs I thought of as my youth. But again, Nico is a great tune, and Beyond Good and Evil is, and I, I would say the best record they've done since Sonic Temple for sure. Easily. I mean, without question. Um, you know, I'm going to start big on mine. Um, I'm going to go with what I... Normally, you know, you, you want to... You don't wait for the encore. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna save it. You know, get everybody riled up. I mean, for whatever reason, I'm feeling like I, I'm feeling this way. I want to start big. I'm starting with what I think is the greatest power ballad of all time. Skid Row, I Remember You. Um, self-titled record. My God, I mean, I, I, I just, I have a tough time even considering putting any song above that one. I think it is perfect from the lyricism to the, to the music to the just vocal prowess of Sebastian Bach. Um, it is the definitive, definitive power ballad. So uh, yes, yeah, Skid Row, I remember you. Definitely have that on my list. Uh, yeah, you're right. It, great power ballad. Starts off soft with the uh, acoustic guitars and just has that great chorus and crunch. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. One of my, it's probably in my top five if we had to uh, list them. I actually have four Skid Row songs in my list, so uh, I'll, we'll get to those later. My second one, and I'm going to stay with the Cult, is really the first song that um, that exposed me to the Cult on. Um, TBS used to have a night tracks. I think is the name of it. It's an overnight video uh, show on Friday and Saturday nights, and that's going to be from Sonic Temple, Edie Chow Baby. Again, uh, like Nico, not your typical uh, power ballad as far as song structure, but uh, great video and really was kind of one of the the. It was my first real exposure to the cult, and I remember going and buying uh, the single for this and the single for Sweet Soul Sister. And uh, I was probably 13 at the time, and uh, Electric came soon after that, along with Sonic Temple. So Edie Chow Baby would be my selection. 
love that song and uh love the record i love the band um yeah so wow we're going two colts in a row if if um, if somebody asked me like who's one of the coolest looking guitar players of all time it's got to be billy duffy on stage you know i agree and the thing is i don't know i i've i've been i've seen him i've seen the colt so many times and i can tell you the dude still looks cool you know, if you want to put together a band of old dudes that still look cool, Nikki Six is on bass and Billy Duffy is on guitar. I don't know what else happens as far as the rest of the band, but those two are in it. You know, <laughs> they still have that cool look. Um, man, I'm just looking at my list right now. Like, God, where do I even go on this? There's so much. So, all right, I'm going to start with a band that was. I've always said it's kind of my favorite band of that era. So. This is a little bit non-typical, just as in it's not about love. You know, it's not about a chick. But uh, Fashion Pussycat, House of Pain, off of Wake Me When It's Over. Um, man, I, I know you brought this up in Saddest Songs, and it is a sad one. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a true story, as Taby has said before in interviews. And uh, it's basically just about a non-existent father. And uh, the the torture it plays on a child. Yeah, but man, it's a, it, it's a great tune. I love that. I love that band. Love that album. Uh, I just, love, I love everybody, everything about these guys and they're still going strong. So if you get a chance, go see Fashion Pussycat on the road. Have it on my list as well. It was actually the first song I thought of when I got ready to do a list. Um, could not agree with you more on what you said. The video is great. You have the harmonica uh, in the song, which is a little different for that time. And uh, by all accounts, Tamey Down has completely cleaned up. Uh, I follow him on like Twitter and Instagram, and I don't think he drinks, smokes, or does any drugs at all anymore. No, he had a bad health scare. He had a really bad health scare. I guess it was probably six months to a year ago, somewhere in that time frame. I, th- I think it was at the M3 Festival, because I think they played their set with guest vocalist. I, I didn't even know that. I didn't yeah. even know that much. I'll, uh, I'll credit uh, Steve Wright from Potter Than Hell for that nugget. But uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. One of the one of the best ballads to come uh, out of that out of that genre, especially it's not really a love song. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna throw to a song off Warrant's Cherry Pie. Also, I saw Red. I, don't, I just think it's a true story. Uh, as we've talked about on this show, it's a shame that people look down upon Janie Lane because he is one of the great songwriters of that time, and this song is no. Uh, is is no exception to that uh to that train of thought just a beautiful song uh supposedly a true story walking in seeing his girlfriend with another guy and uh a really heartfelt tune that uh i think had a lot of emotional baggage for him yeah i got okay i got a few things to say on this first of all Janie lane might have been the greatest ballad writer of of any of them because i started writing down a bunch of warrant songs and i hate that he 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 really seemed to kind of crap on him if you saw him live. But um, the other the other thing I wanted to bring up is it's funny how uh, I saw Red is it's also probably one of the most hypocritical <coughs> songs of all time because you know he's talking about how bad a girl hurt him like cheating on him and this dude was like the worst on cheating on girls. I've I've seen him live before, you know and. Um, I just think that I think it's I think it's kind of hilarious in that right. 
that it's kind of a little bit hypocritical, but um, but regardless, man, the dude could write a song. And uh, I'm going to stay with you on that one. And I'm going to go with uh, really kind of the first one that kind of ever grabbed me by the band, and that's uh, Heaven off Dirty, Dirty Rotten, Filthy, Stinking Rich. Great. Yeah, you're right. That That's a great song. That's one of those songs I can remember the first time I ever heard it. This is kind of funny. My uh, parents took me to Atlanta to uh, see the Atlanta Braves play, and my dad and I got back from the game, and we were starving. And so we walked to a Waffle House, and when we got in the Waffle House, Warrant's Heaven was playing, and I remember being like, whoa, what is that? And uh, uh, finally heard it on the radio on the ride home and uh, became a big Warrant fan after that. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I say we could probably stay on warrant for a couple of them, but I mean, if you want to shift, whatever, however you want to do this. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna, yeah, I'll stay with warrant. Uh, from the album Dog Eat Dog, I'm gonna go with Let It Rain. Um, that's one of my favorite ballads of theirs. I love the guitar solo on it. Um, has a very catchy chorus and uh, a very underrated album, Dog Eat Dog. So uh, that would be my, um, I have one more Warrant song we'll get to, I mean, we'll get to later, but yeah, that would be my next pick would be um, Let It Rain from Dog Eat Dog. Well, I have another one. I have two more, and I'm going to just go with one right now and save one for later. And the reason I'm going to go off of this one is because it's also off Dog Eat Dog, which I agree is underrated. But I'm going with what might be, I mean, it's debatable. It could be the greatest Warrant ballad, and that's uh, Sad Teresa. Um, I see that song's beautiful, and I uh, I've actually seen a bootleg video of theirs from I think it's like around '86 or so before before they had a record out, and they played Sad Teresa, so that was one kind of like kind of like Guns and Roses with Don't Cry that they just kept in the vault for a really long time. I think that was actually from his uh, band before Warrant. I think it had been around that long. Excuse me, folks. I got a cold, but uh, I think that one had been around a while. I agree. You know, I completely forgot about that because I almost don't consider it a ballad because it speeds up so much. But then I get now that you say that a lot of these songs that I've mentioned speed up like that. So yeah, I com- yeah. I completely agree with you on uh, Sad Teresa. Let's just go ahead and get Warren out of the way. Uh, off their first album, Sometimes She Cries. Uh, great song. I love. Actually, I probably like this a little better than Heaven. To be honest with you. Uh, I love the guitar playing on it, and uh, another classic by Janie Lane. Well, you definitely did knock out Warrant, because that was my next one, and you're right about that. That guitar intro is just, it sounds so cool. Um, love that tune, and I think we just backed, we just kind of backed up what I, what, I just, what I just said a few minutes ago about how they, our, our Janie Lane was one of the greatest ballad writers of all time. We just named what four Warrant songs. Right. That's not going to happen. That, that's probably not going to happen. Well, I, well, actually, it will. You said Skid Row. Right. But um, most of mine are just kind of one and done. So that shows you the appreciation we have for the guy that gets little respect, which is a shame. Right. So I'm going to go with. Uh, let's go with another one of the big bands of their. I'm going to go with Motley Crue, and it's not. <laughs> it's not going to be the typical. I'm going with off Girls, 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 which is not a great Motley Crue album, but I'm going off Girls, 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 You're All I Need. And uh, Is that your favorite murder song? 
Yeah, it's probably one of my, that and Social Distortion, you know, um, 99 to Life are probably my favorite two murder songs. <laughs> um, although Johnny Cash does a great murder ballad and Delia's Gone. So check that one out, too. Hey, we, we may have another podcast. Right. You know, songs about killing your girl. Um, <laughs> and the Me Too movement might not go over well. But, right. Um, but anyway, uh, I digress. Uh, you're all I need. I, I think about when they I, – I once saw – I don't even remember where it came from. But they were saying that Bon Jovi, when he heard this song, John Bon Jovi said to Motley Crue, to one of the guys, said – said uh or maybe he said it's doc mcgee he said it to somebody he said uh man i think i think they've just written they've just they just wrote the perfect ballad and someone said to whether it was a band member or doc mcgee i can't remember said did you even listen to the lyrics um and that is that's the way i feel too if, if you just listen to the melody you're listening to the piano you're listening to the, it's it's beautiful it just happens to be um Kind of like House of Pain, it's not quite your typical love song, but uh, a little bit more morbid. Yeah, it's interesting that you that you did that one. Um, I, I've always thought that was very ironic. I, you'd in high school, you'd hear girls, you know, s- listening to it and getting all ooey gooey over it, and I'm like, you realize he's talking about killing somebody? Yeah, um, such a good song, man. It, and Bon Jovi's right. I mean. If the lyrics had been like sweet and cuddly, it might have been the perfect ballad. Right. Well, the next uh, next one I'm going to go with is another Skid Row song off of um, Slave to the Grind, and that is In a Darkened Room. Now, this one is also uh, not a lovey-dovey uh, song. I've always interpreted it as it's probably about sexual abuse and maybe related to maybe even a priest. Um, I've never really heard anybody say for sure what it was about, but... This one, the song structure is a little bit different, and uh, I guess it's Snake Sabo is is playing the lead on it. But I love the kind of bluesy solos that he adds to it. But it was definitely not your typical ballad that came out at that time. And you know, in their second album, uh, both lyrically and uh, musically, uh, Skid Row got a lot heavier. And uh, lyrically, this is uh, one of the heavier ballads you're gonna listen to. Yeah, I love that tune myself, you know, and and look, as I say every time you and I do one of these lists, I always tell you, there's there's not a wrong choice. I just, for myself, because it is so dark, um, but then somebody could argue with me and say, well, you just had a list, had a song on your list about killing a girl, so that's going to completely destroy your credibility. my argument. Yeah. Yes. So, I won't go there, So, but I will just say, I love the tune. Um, you know, I'm going to go with another one that I think is it, it's not quite in the, the the traditional love type, and and I do have a lot more of these that are true love ballads. But uh, since we're on this little kick, I'll just go with uh, "White Line" when the children cry off pride. You know, that is a uh, <coughs> I, I love the guitar by by Vito. Um, I just think that's a uh, that's such a great song, and it was one that's, um, if you think about it, it's probably one of the earliest songs where it wasn't just so strict to the formula to where it kind of stops, starts acoustic and then gets, you know, loud and and really brings in the power. Other Because other than Vito's solo, 
it kind of stays the same. Just a real kind of somber tune throughout. But uh, great song. Funny story about that, Chris. So uh, when that came out, uh, my church was doing like a talent show to raise some money, I think for our youth youth group or whatever. And uh, my buddy Eddie and I had been playing guitar for about a year, and he was light years ahead of me. He just has so much musical talent, it's not funny, and I have zero. But anyway, we, we couldn't we couldn't pull off playing that song, so we decided to basically pantomime it. Um, and... <laughs> So I was quote unquote Mike Tramp, the singer, and uh, my buddy Eddie had uh, was going to do the <clears throat> guitar solo, and uh, my buddy Trey was going to uh, play the bass. And I don't think we actually had anybody up there with an acoustic guitar. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it was. I'm sure the people that watched it were like, "What is going on here?" But anyway. <laughs> I know my buddy Eddie's listening because he listens to every one of our podcasts. And so I'm sure when that song came up, he was like, does he have the guts to tell that story? So anyway, <laughs> my parents actually have a video of that somewhere. But anyway, that's it's funny. Someday you'll have to post it. Yeah, yes, maybe, maybe. All right, so I'm going to go with a heavy hitter here. Uh, maybe the, the power ballad that started it all, honestly. And that's Wanted Dead or Alive by Bon Jovi off Slippery When Wet. Well, one of the first power ballads to really use an acoustic guitar. And uh, I, I really enjoy this song. I especially enjoy seeing them play it live, you know, on YouTube and things like that, because I love watching Richie Sambora switch from the acoustic guitar and uh, he cranks up uh, uh, the electric and just nails that solo. And uh, one of the more iconic videos of uh, the 80s from uh, any hard rock band. But uh, that was really one of the ones I, I've read that, that it kind of inspired the Unplugged movement to some extent, because I think they performed it on an award show with just Richie and John on acoustic guitar all the way through. So anyway, one of the bigger ones from uh, one of the bigger bands of that day. Well, let me stick with Bon Jovi then, and I'll get my Bon Jovi pick out of the way. This is coming off New Jersey. I'll be there for you. Um, to me, this this is where a lot of mine have lately in the last past few minutes have not been so uh, love-oriented. <laughs> This one is. This one makes up for it. This one is big time, and uh, it's just a great, great tune. One, I mean, one of the obviously I'm putting it on my list. So it's one of the better ones of that era, and uh, I love that song. Yeah, I I debated um, putting that on my list as well. Um, it's a great song. Uh, I love the video. Richie Sambora, Sambora is very prominent, uh, back backing vocals and with the solo. <coughs> so yeah, not a bad pick at all. I'm going to go with another heavy hitter, maybe the one that most people point to as being the ultimate power ballad, and that's Poison Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Um, what can what can you say about this song that hasn't already been said? Uh, if you're thinking power ballads, it's one of the two or three that's probably going to come to everybody's mind. Uh, so that's all I'm really going to say about that because uh, that song's been talked about ad nauseum. Well, without question, it's, it's, I mean, and it's on my list for sure. I... Um... I agree with everything about with what you said. Uh, like Janie Lane's story, this was, I mean, not so much infidelity, but the the girl leaving Brett and um, kind of what you were saying about Bon Jovi, the incorporation of the acoustic guitar, it kind of spawned a whole new era of the power ballad. So, um, yes, absolutely deserves a place on this list. So if you didn't bring it up, I was going to. So I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go with some Memphis Love here. I'm gonna go with Roxy Blue 
off the album once. Um, <coughs> times are changing. Yeah, we've talked about this song a lot before. We've talked about Roxy Blue on our greatest albums of the era. And we've had Mr. Todd Poole. You know, he was kind enough to give us not one but two interviews. So if you haven't heard those, go back, listen to them, please. But um, we said it before, times are changing. You know, a couple of years earlier, that would have been, I, I really, I agree with you, David. It, it would have been, it would have been huge. I mean, I, I really, truly believe it would have been huge. Because as I look over the list of all these songs, most of which were big hits. This is without question one of my favorite ones. Yeah, I have it on my list, and if I had to rank my top ten, it's for sure in my top ten. Uh, I was so excited to get to see them play this live uh, when we saw them. Um, it's about three months ago now, uh, yeah. in, in out, just outside of Memphis and South Haven, and this is one of those songs that just. It brings me back to a particular time in my life that was very good, and this was kind of the, in the one of the soundtracks in the background. And I, I don't think there's any way to like disconnect from that. Not only that, it, it's the vocals on it are great. It has a great chorus, and if you if you don't know what we're talking about, you can go on our YouTube channel, and we have a video of Todd playing that uh, in Chris's living room on an acoustic guitar. And it's just an amazing version. And you realize Todd hasn't lost a step whatsoever. And uh, one of the things that I'm most looking forward to in the future is Roxy Blue putting out uh, new music. And Chris and I have been lucky enough to become friends with Todd. We think the world of him. And uh, just this is just an amazing, amazing song that I think both of us would probably have in our top ten. Yeah, and one more thing, too. If anybody is in the Memphis area... If you haven't seen this, Todd is playing at a Rock, Rock House Live Midtown, which is uh, the old Poplar Lounge on, on uh, obviously Poplar in the Midtown area. He is playing Monday. I think I think it's eight o'clock. You, you can you can go on. I'm sure go on Rock House Live's website. But he's he's doing an interview and he's going to play some songs. I think just some solo acoustic songs. So if you get a chance, go out, support the guy. Good dude. Yeah, and great song. All right, so my next one is going to be another, <coughs> excuse me, folks, uh, Skid Row song, and that's going to be Wasted Time off of the Slave to the Grind album. Reportedly, this song is influenced to some extent by Steven Adler's uh, drug use and abuse. But I remember the first time I heard this song thinking, this is totally, actually, this was the first song I heard off the album. Um, somebody had bought the album the day it came out, and they they either had it on in their car or their living room when I walked was with them, and I was like, "Who is that?" And they were like, "Skid Row," and I was like, "Man, that sounds nothing like I remember you or uh, 18 in Life." Uh, again, another ballad from Skid Row that's uh, lyrically very uh, very different from the ballads off the self titled album, but uh, a lot heavier lyrically. Yeah, I love that tune too. You know, and that that was. Definitely one of my one of the first ones that grabbed me off that uh, Slave to the Grind record, and uh, to the person who has commented on our on our um, on our what is it? Our, I guess our uh, our Apple Store. Yeah, I, where I, they can go and search us. Yeah, yeah iTunes. Says, hey, yeah, iTunes. 
however many, he, he commented about how many times we mentioned a slave of the grind. There you go, buddy. We just mentioned it again. <coughs> Have a drink. Um, yeah. So uh, next I'll go with uh, Tesla, Love Song, off the great radio controversy. Um, you definitely want to hear the album version, not the radio edit, because the album version has that great Frankie Hannon intro. Uh, great tune. I have that on my list as well. Um, I love the version on uh, Five Man Acoustical Jam where at the end, Hannon straps on, I think it's a Telecaster, and just cranks it up and, and kills it. Um, yeah. Amazing song. Let's stick with Tesla. I'm going to go off uh, a song off Psychotic Supper, their next album, What You Give. Uh, really, really good song, and it just goes to show you they were one of the more talented bands to come out of that, uh, of that time. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Psychotic Supper, uh, I would... Uh, highly recommend going to get that album. Yeah, they really were great. Um, so I'm going to go with one of my favorite, favorite ones of the, I mean, this one's probably going to be top five for me, and it's going to be on all the list, the great power ballads probably, but uh, really the only, really only hit they had, but still heart, I'll never let you go. I mean, vocals 101. This dude is insane vocally. And um, just a great song all around. Great lyrics, uh, great. It's good, it's good playing, and it's, the vocals are out of this world. Yeah, I that song. Uh, I remember when that came out. That was um, that was huge. Uh, and you're right. That guy can uh, he can nail it, especially there at the end. I'm, I, you know what? I'm going to stick with another one uh, that was not that did not get the uh, due that I think uh, the band deserved, and actually. I had a tweet today uh, asking people what's their favorite power ballad, and uh, Emily Striegel, who uh, we met at the podcast expo, uh, her husband, she and her husband do the Talking Metal podcast, which is a great podcast. She responded with "Saigon Kicks, Love Is On The Way." And, on my uh, list. <laughs> and so I couldn't, uh, I couldn't disagree with that. Uh, now they they were a band that really kind of uh, were a true tweener. Uh, between what was about to come out and, and the past, but uh, Love is on the Way was a huge song when it came out. Yeah. Well, thanks for that Thanks for that pick, Emily Striegel, because, I, hey, I was, I had, I'm right there with you. I had it on my list. Um, great tune. Great tune. Um, so, next, you know, I'm looking at all those, and I'm looking at my list, and I'm thinking, wow, we have not hit Guns N' Roses yet. So let's do it. Guns N' Roses, Patience. Off, of course, Lies. Love that song. You know, I remember the first time I heard it, I think they were on the American Music Awards, and uh, it was about a year and a half after uh, Appetite had come out, and I think it was right before they released uh, Lies, 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 and they were going to play. And so, uh, you know, I'm sitting there going, oh, man, they're going to play Welcome to the Jungle, and they come out you know, and play Patience. And they played it a little bit different than the uh, version that's on Lies. Uh, this one, I think, had an electric guitar and drums in it. But uh, I, I agree with you. It's a it's a great song um, that was really a left turn from what you thought Guns N' Roses was if you'd only heard, you know, Appetite for Destruction. So uh, I, can't, I can't argue with that pick. All right, my next one is going to be Winger, Miles Away. Uh, don't anybody uh, out there laugh because I think uh, I think the guys in Winger are extremely talented, and uh, I mentioned this song on our uh, Glam episode with uh, 
that we did with our buddy Kate and Brooks. But uh, starts off with the piano, but I love Reb Beach's guitar solo in it. And I was recently interview, uh, not interviewing. I wish I was interviewing this guy, but reading. Uh, I think it was Bo Hill that recorded all of those, and he was one of the big producers of the 80s and he said of everybody that he's ever recorded that winger were by far the best musicians well and and i actually you know when we did that album that we did that podcast with kate i was probably one i was i was laughing at you as well with winger but i think kate is not a fan of this song i love the song um actually i think kate was a fan of uh I think he's a fan of the first record. I think he may have brought that one up, but I don't think he's a fan of this song. I may be wrong, but I love Miles Away, and I'm not a Winger fan, and I think that is a great, (coughs) great ballad. So very deserving on this list. I don't know if you know, but Kilt was nominated for a Grammy for Best uh, Opera Song or Album uh, last year. So, I mean, he's, he's legit talented. Oh, wow. I did not know it. I'm going to go with another one that I... I think kind of uh, took what you were talking about Bon Jovi, then to Poison, kind of talking the uh, acoustic route, kind of taking that really into the mainstream, and that is extreme with more than words. And um, I, you know, I've talked about before, and I will talk about again. Nuda Betancourt, one of the greatest guitarists of my lifetime. I really truly believe that. And um, you don't necessarily hear it on this song, but that was a that was a that was a cool band, um, still active to this day. And that was just a very simple ballad that did not have the solo. It did not have at the end where it sped up up the tempo. It was from point A to point B, acoustic, just. Nice little love song, and I, I I dig that tune. That's a song that you'll still hear today on mainstream radio. But maybe one of the most unlucky guys in music is the drummer for Extreme, because uh, with uh, more than words and wholehearted, uh, their two biggest hits, uh, he basically plays no role in them. So uh, not sure what he did whenever they played that song uh, on television shows. But uh, anyway, I always thought that was. That was funny. Let's stick with, uh, let's go with Cinderella, um, Heartbreak Station, off the album Heartbreak Station. Uh, Their third album, which was a little bluesier, uh, more roots-oriented than the previous two. Uh, Just, uh, to me, a sad song. Um, I love that album. Uh, It's probably my favorite album by them. And so uh, we'll go with uh, Cinderella, Heartbreak Station. Love the song. Great band. I will stick with the band. I went with off Long Cold Winter. I went with the biggest one probably of their career. Don't know what you got till it's gone. And um, not a right, not a right, not a right or wrong answer on these two. Both great songs. Cinderella just needs to be on this list. Well, let's let's stay with Cinderella. I'm going to go with Nobody's Fool off their first album. Uh, an amazing song. And recently, he uh, Tom Kiefer released a deluxe edition of his solo album, and he does a duet of this with Lizzie Hale, and they just knock it out of the park. All right, next up for me, I'm going with, I started with my number one. I'm going to go with my number two. I held off this long. I can't wait any longer. L.A. Guns, The Bow of the Jane. 
man, if if this isn't like the perfect '80s, just love ballad, I don't know what is. Um, great vocals by Mr. Phil Lewis and Tracy just kills it with the guitar as Tracy always does. I thought it was interesting when that song came out. I think it and um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, Faster Pussycats, House of Pain came out basically at the same time. And for whatever reason, when I think about either one of those songs, I also think of the other one. So uh, I couldn't, uh, I can't argue with that pick. Uh, That's a great song by them. And a little, uh, like we talk about a lot of these, uh, not exactly a lovey-dovey tune um, like some of the other ones. Well, it has, it has a line. Now she's breaking hearts in heaven. Right. Right, all right, so let's see here. I'm going to go with my favorite ballad from uh, Motley Crue off Dr. Feelgood, and that is Without You. Uh, a little bit, uh, like we've been saying on a lot of these songs, a little bit different than some of your other ballads in that uh, had either a slide or a pedal steel. I'm not sure. I, I think it was a pedal steel, because I think in the video, Mick's playing that, but uh, one of my favorite Motley Crue songs. Yeah, I mean, that one didn't make one. I, I decided to stick with one Motley Crue. It easily could have made mine. Um, I will go with my next one. I'm going to go with Pretty Boy Floyd. I want to be with you. I mean, this is, uh, this definitely kind of has the cheese factor, you know, ballad, um, but man, that, that was, that was a good tune. And, uh, Leather Boys with Electric Toys was just a great, just sleazy L.A glam metal record we've talked about it before some of these bands we're naming are kind of tweeners you know is it glam is it rock what is it faster pussycat is definitive our our pretty boy floyd well i am faster pussycat but pretty boy floyd is definitive straight up glam metal and uh just a good tune that song is played a lot on uh hair nation and uh it hasn't aged well, in my opinion. Um, Man, I think a lot of them haven't, <laughs> but, but I, I, I still love it. I oh. really do. I still love the tune, and I still love that record. N- nothing wrong with that at all. I'm going to go with another band that came out of that scene, uh, Great White House of Broken Love. Very uh, bluesy song, has a cool groove to it, and uh, I wind up uh, cranking up the radio whenever it comes on Hair Nation and I'm riding around. Yeah, that was just a band that never really did it for me. Um, didn't hate them, but they just never really did a whole lot for me. But um, I'm going to go with one. This this is going to kind of fall into that category from the later day. Yeah, it's right at the end of the era of one that you know people might would make fun of this pick. And my response is, I don't care. Um, trickster surrender. I oh just, yeah, I forgot about that. I love I love that tune. Well, how's that? How's this the first time that's happened? Where you, you know, I said, I said at the beginning of this, we're gonna, one of us is gonna name one. We're gonna go. Oh wait, I forgot about that. Yeah, so, I, uh, I completely forgot about that. That was huge, man. Yeah, I, 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 that's a good song. Um, can't argue with you on that one. So that's the first one that um, we both missed. Uh, let's see here. Let's let's give some Memphis love to uh, Tor Tor off their second album, a song called Faith Healer. Uh, great album and uh, this is one of the standout tracks from that um, great song Anthony's vocals on it are great so uh, if you're not a uh, not familiar with Tor Tor I would highly suggest uh, checking them out um, 
thought I would throw them some love and because I, I really do love that song. I listened to it a lot when it came out. Yeah, and for anybody that's listening to this that's just kind of catching up on their youth, you know, um, Tora Tora is working on a new record with is with Frontiers Records. Uh, we mentioned this, I think, on our last, maybe our last podcast, but Frontiers Records is putting together a lot of, rec- they're, they're doing a lot of new albums from a lot of these bands from yesterday. And um, they are doing it right. You know, it's not like some of these, uh, I'm, I'm, this is my chance to give Frontiers another shout out. They're not, it's not some of these bands where you saw, like I remember CMC and then Deadline and, and, and Paris and all these, that, it's like the, the everything from the disc itself just looked bootleg. The, the insert didn't look that good. This is like they're competing with the Warners of the world. Um, and they're doing a great job, great production, everything about them. So um, they do have a tour tour does have a new record coming out. Check them out. I think it's, is it, is David, is it going to be this year? Is it 2019? I'm not real sure. All of the press releases say 2019. Okay. Well, let's um, let's stay in Memphis, Tennessee with Every Mother's Nightmare. Love Can Make You Blind. I um, That's a band that uh, we've had, you know, as they call in the Reverend Rick Rule on our podcast before. So, again, if you're just listening to us, go back. Listen to that podcast. Um, Rick is, you know, he was a very, very interesting interview. And I love this tune. I loved it then. I love it now. Yeah, great video. And um, I love the beginning of it. And, <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm happy for them. Their, uh, their album, Grind, that he uh, promoted when he was on our podcast. Uh, I have seen on a lot of best of hard rock list for the past year. I have too. And yeah. so uh, really ha- he, you know, that was my first time meeting him, but he was just, uh, he was just the nicest, nicest guy, very accommodating. And uh, I- I'm really happy for, happy for them, happy for Tor Tor and happy for uh, Roxy Blue. Cause uh, I think we're going to, you know, we're going to have new music from all three of those Memphis bands. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to all of that. Yeah, so anybody that's maybe you, you remember Every Mother's Nightmare, but you haven't thought about them in a while, like David just said, they put out a new record called Grind. The record is really, really good. So support these guys. Buy, as, as David always puts on all of our, our social media, buy music. Buy this record. It's called Grind. You won't be disappointed. No, you will not. All right, I'm going to go with some uh, 1980s Kiss from the Crazy Nights album, and that is Reason to Live. And uh, this thing is everything. This song is everything that's good and bad about uh, the 80s. A lot of synthesizers, uh, huge, booming uh, chorus. Um, I remember when this album came out, I think this was really my first exposure to Kiss. I think it came out in like 87 when I was like 11. And, uh, I remember all the girls were, were playing this song. And, uh, as I've, you know, you and I've talked, neither one of us are huge Kiss fans, but a lot of the podcasts I listen to are, are the people are huge Kiss fans. And so they I, all are. Yeah. So I've been trying to, you know, go back and, uh, uh, listen to some more Kiss, and anyway, I hadn't listened to this song in a long time until about six months ago, and uh, I love the song. I'm not, I'm not uh, ashamed to say it. So, reason to live off the Crazy Nights album. 
Is that Sonny's pick? That's not Sonny's pick, is No, it? that's not Sonny's pick. I'll tell you his okay. in a second. Well, okay, I'm not a Kiss fan. Sorry, Steve, Sonny, everyone listening. But that's a great tune. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not embarrassed to admit that. Two, I really like that song. Two thumbs up from non-Kiss fans, so they should probably yeah. add, that, add that to the set list. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with a band that a lot of people don't, don't really know of, maybe not remember, but... Uh, Lily and Axe, off of an album called Psycho Schizophrenia. Song is the day I met you. Listen, this is a song that could be. You don't even have to have it make. You don't even have to get like a, a a singer and a guitar player to do this at your wedding to try to make it current. You could put this through the PA and just play the day I met you, Lily and Axe, the original version. And this is this could be like the perfect wedding song. What everyone had, I mean, this is this this doesn't even sound to me doesn't even sound like a power ballad, but it comes from one of the bands from that era, so I'm going to include it. But it is a beautiful, beautiful song. It's a really sweet song, and so even though we've touched on songs of murder and darkness and all of that, this is what a power ballad really should be. Um, Willie Max, the day I met you. So first one, I, I I I'm not familiar. I mean, I know who they are, but I'm not familiar with that song whatsoever. Listen to it as soon as we're done. Okay, You'll love it. All right, so let's go to uh, Growing Up Rock, Sonny Pooney's uh, pick. Uh, if you listen to his podcast and heck, he guest hosts about every podcast on the on the planet that has anything to do with hard rock. Um, he's a huge uh, ballad fan, loves ballads, uh, always pushing the ballads. And so he sent me one, and I listened to it today, and I'd have to agree. It's going to be Jeff Scott Soto, isn't it? Yeah, it's Jeff Scott Soto. <laughs> and uh, it's a song off an album. I think he said came out in 2004, and it's called As I Do to You. And he was like, this is the greatest wedding song that's never played at weddings. And so uh, I went back and listened to it. I, I found it on uh, iTunes. On, I think it's called the Essential Ballads album. And uh, this would be a uh, this would be a great wedding song and uh actually uh when <laughs> this was funny when um jeff scott soto's uh new album came out it was the same day as the sweet and lynch album and if you if you listen to anything that sonny's on sonny's a huge striper fan michael sweet fan and so i sent a tweet and i tagged sweet and lynch i think and jeff scott soto and sonny i was like but i think it was something like sonny have you have you, you've been able to come down from cloud nine or something like that um, uh, since both those albums came out today, and his response was something like, "I've already listened to both of them all the way all the way through twice." And Jeff Scott Soto responded to him and me, and he's like, "That's true dedication. Appreciate it." So uh, <laughs> anyway, Sonny, uh, we appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast, and we appreciate you listening. And uh, those guys at Growing Up Rock, as well as uh, Potter Than Hell and Decibel Geek, are are kind enough to mention us a lot, and so. Uh, uh, all three of those podcasts are uh, are well worth listening to. So if you get a chance, uh, give those guys a listen. So uh, that was Sonny Pooney's uh, pick. Jeff Scott Soto, as I do to you. All right, David, you're going to like my next one. I don't know if it's on your list, but if I have a feeling if it's not on your list, it's going to be one of those where you think, oh, crap, I forgot that one. Rat, giving yourself away. Oh, <laughs> that's a great tune all right man. all right so from the, from the most non-ballad type band on our list and 
Man, what a damn good one. All right, so, huh, all right, I had that on my li- <laughs> I had that on my list, and um, I remember thinking like, unlike a lot of these other ballads, it doesn't really start off slow. I mean, it just it's you know it's mid tempo, stays the same all the way through. And for some reason, in my head, that kind of disqualified it. But then I was going back and forth because I was like, this is the closest thing they're ever going to do to a ballad. And it is an amazing song. And it's actually, it's one of my favorite rat songs. And I was talking to, uh, I think it was Chris Sinzak on Decibel Geek or something one time uh, about, uh, because they did an entire uh, rat episode with uh, Lexi Law. Is it what's the soccer player's name? Is it Alexi Lawless or Lexi Lawless? I don't know. Anyway, he was on there, and he's a huge Rat fan. And I'm actually partial to the final two Rat albums that came out before. And was it uh, Reach for the Sky and um, Detonator before they kind of broke up for a while? I actually like those two albums. I actually prefer later Rat than early Rat. But yeah, I I love this song and. Uh, I just love the groove on it. Anyway, so yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. It uh, fits. Just so you know, it, it fits the list. Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, I mean, I, I love that song. Uh, uh, it, I think it's their uh, definitely definitely their best ballad. All right, so I'm going to go with one that's uh, <clears throat> left of center for us for these for this discussion. But it's a song that... I love to see, like on YouTube, this band play live. And that is going to be the song Alone by Hart. Um, I think Ann Wilson is one of the greatest vocalists of all time. And, you know, this song came out in the 80s, and they've said, you know, a lot of their 80s stuff they're not real proud of because they were pushed, uh, you know, into the direction of sounding a lot more commercial with a lot of synthesizers and stuff. But if you go see... Well, you can't see them anymore because they're feuding with one another right now. But um, anyway, I'm not going to get into why they're feuding. But uh, Anne has got to be like 65 years old, and she can nail the high note in Alone. And so they put out actually a lot of power ballads in the 80s. But uh, this one uh, probably uh, wasn't on your list, but uh, I just really respect the Wilson sisters a lot, and uh, I love this song. I wouldn't have thought to put it on my list, but I think it's a good song. Yeah. I do like the song. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, anybody that's listened to us knows that I'm a big Butch Walker fan, and before Butch Walker became Butch Walker, he was in a band called South Gang, and they had an album. They had two albums out. The first one was an album called Painted Angel, a song called Love Ain't Enough. Um, it was just the uh, infancy of the brilliant Butch Walker. Yeah, I, South Gang, they... They just came out at the wrong time. Yeah, I mean, they they, they fall right in with, with some of these other bands we've named, you know, whether it be, um, you know, well, a lot of these actually were kind of in the right time, but but say, let's say Roxy Blue, you know, they, they were kind of in that same, same <coughs> that, that final wave that it was just a little bit too late. Yeah, um, we're excited. Uh, he's, pr- he's producing the new Struts album. Um, I think that's going to be good. Um, let's see, Chris, I have just a few left. I'm going to go with, uh, one. Don't laugh at me. All right. I won't. Danger, danger. I still think about you. I don't know the song. I know danger, danger. I, I, I think of, uh, uh, God, what does that say? They did naughty, naughty. And another one, 
Bang Bang. Bang, and I like Bang Bang a lot, but I don't know that song, so I'm, I can't laugh at it. But yeah. I like Bang Bang a lot. I, I will put it uh, in the same category as your uh, Put Your Boy Floyd pick. It hasn't aged. Uh, okay. In my opinion, it hasn't aged well. But anyway, that's just a random one. All right. Well, for me, um, here's one that it's probably not going to be expected, but I think this is one that just kind of, I don't know. People might might not think of a whole lot, but Twisted Sister, the price, I'll stay hungry. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's one that a lot of people probably it, it's not going to be their first choice, but it, it it fits. I mean, it completely fits of what we're talking about. Um, great tune. Let's see here. I'm going to go. Um... With a song off one of my favorite albums, Misunderstood by Motley Crue off the uh, self-titled uh, 1994 Karabi-led album. Uh, very heavy subject matter. Uh, very controversial video that was pulled by MTV. Uh, Glenn Hughes singing, Glenn Hughes from uh, Deep Purple uh, singing uh, backing vocals on it. Uh, a real epic song. I think it's about seven minutes long. Uh, just a, a, a great song. And if you're a fan of that album... Um, John Karabi is releasing a live album where he performed uh, the album in its entirety. And I think you can go to Rat Pat Records and pre-order that, as I did, uh, and support the guy. Uh, definitely one of the better vocalists, uh, one of my favorite vocalists of all time, and a great album, and just a, uh, a great, great power ballad. Definitely. Um, okay, I guess got a few more. We'll go with... Um, you know, I'm going to go with one from from Striper, and not the one that people would think of, but um, off the album Against the Law, a song called Lady. Um, if Caden, if you're listening to this one, I know you'll appreciate this pick. Great, great tune. Um, and probably Sonny Pooney as well. But, uh, uh, oh, yeah, Sonny's loving this episode. Yeah, I mean, he, he loves Striper. <coughs> he loves ballads. I think he'll like the pick. Uh, one of the great vocalists of of our time and a guy that uh, is uh, not a spring chicken anymore and he still hits the high notes. So uh, big big time props to uh, Michael Sweet and Striper. All right. Uh, I'm surprised we haven't brought this one up. I Won't Forget You by Poison. Uh, one of, uh, I guess, their first ballad to really be released uh, off their first album. Uh, Look What the Cat Dragged In. Uh one of the probably one of the simpler songs uh, that we have, but uh, I really loved it when it came out. Uh, I don't really listen to it all that much anymore, but uh, it was big with the ladies when it came out. I, I love that song too. I mean, I it I only put one by Poison on my list, but but it is a great tune. Um, I'm gonna go with one that I really I, I think back to seventh grade and man, I love this tune. Damn Yankees, high enough. Oh, yeah, I almost put that on my list. You know, uh, well, so, I mean, we're both right about there. So, not a lot to say about it. I just, uh, I did love that one. And I know we're kind of getting towards the end of our list. How great, how great was that video, Ted Nugent kicking the door down and uh, those, <laughs> those really bad 80s sunglasses he had on? Hadn't thought about that in a while, but, yeah, I remember that. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a great song. All right, let's see what I have left here. Uh, this song was originally off of uh, Skid Row's Subhuman Race, but I don't prefer that version. I prefer the version off of their uh, Greatest Hits album. It's a song called Breaking Down. 
they remixed it, <clears throat> and to me it sounds better than the original version, which was still pretty good. But uh, not your typical uh, power ballad, and on an album that uh, sadly doesn't get as much love as I think uh, think it should. But uh, Skid Row breaking down. Yeah, he did, when Kate and I saw them not that long ago. He uh, when we saw Sebastian, they uh, he kind of started with the first half of the show was kind of the acoustic ballads and all that and that was one of the first songs he played oh that's that was cool. cool um i'm gonna go with one again doesn't fit the stereotypical but it still i think falls into it and that's kicks don't close your eyes oh yeah i left that one off um great tune great tune great band who uh st- is still playing in a uh, ball account still very very good live all right chris yeah. so We've gone over a couple of Poison songs, and I've left my favorite Poison ballad for last, and that's Life Goes On off Flesh and Blood. I love that tune. Uh, I love it. I love the version on uh, the live album uh, that they did, and uh, it, it's it's my favorite Poison ballad, and I know they're kind of known for their ballads, but uh, it's, it's my favorite one and probably the least appreciated by the masses. Yeah, probably so, but I really do love that tune, and I, I include it every rose has a thorn, but... You know, I, I, I'm like, I probably like Life Goes On more. I really do, in, in all honesty. But I thought Every Mother's, or uh, Every Rose Has a Thorn was a little bit more important. But, uh, yeah, I love that one. Uh, I'm going to go with another one that's kind of towards the end where we kind of get into some of these bands which becoming more <laughs> acoustic, and it, it's not so much of fitting that typical structure. And that, that was... Uh, Mr. Big to be with you. That would that could be one that people would want to laugh at me at, but I think it's a great song. And uh, Paul Gilbert was one of the best players of the era, and uh, I love that solo. Uh, great song. That's another song along the lines of um, more than words that you hear played a lot. I can't go in my local grocery store without uh, without hearing that playing. It. Matter of mm-hmm. fact, uh, I heard it twice <laughs> last week. Excuse me. So um, yeah, they're big crossover hit. Um, Chris, that's all I've got. Uh, if you had a few more you wanted to throw out there before we sign off. Man, I can't believe how close we came to lining up. only had two others. Okay. Well, actually, um, actually, I have two more that I haven't said. So, I, I, let's see. Uh, I'll mention them back-to-back because uh, yeah. we've already talked about some of this. Uh, I don't understand why I included this and then didn't include giving yourself away because it's, it's the same scenario. Motley Crue, don't go away mad, just go away. Uh Love that song. You get to if you see him live, uh, you get to see Vince Neil not only butcher the lyrics and, and singing it, but he gets to hit his his two strums on the guitar uh, during that song and then hand it back. And then I'm going to go with the biggest album from the '80s of any hair metal band, the song Hysteria from the album Hysteria by Def Leppard. I absolutely love that song. If you see him live, the dual guitar solo between Phil Collin and Vivian Campbell is amazing, and that's the end of my list. That really belonged on the list, by the way, and I, I didn't think about that. Um, I'm going to go with one that we we named all these big bands and all, and I know this one doesn't really fit in the fact that they weren't assigned like major label band where all these others were. But if if you don't, it's not going to be necessarily easy to find just picking up their record. But you go on YouTube and check this song out. It's a band called Big Bang Babies. When we talk about like the phases of the different levels and what I mean, these guys came out like around 94. It was way too late, but, um, they had, I mean, they were such a good band. So big bang babies. There's a song called penny lady. 
It was off their first record. Listen to the song. I know probably no one listening to this is going to know it, but I, but I promise you, if you like this other stuff we've listed, you will like the song. Go listen to it, and if you like it enough, you can go find an album off eBay. Um, final one I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Ozzy Osbourne, Goodbye to Romance, Blizzard of Oz. Another good one. And that's my list. Well, that was fun. Uh, like I said, we could have we could have not even had a list and, and done this one and uh, it not be a problem. Um, hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, probably reminds most people of their junior high and high school years. And, uh, man, that's not a bad thing, is it, Chris? No, it's not. So I uh, want to thank everybody once again for listening. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Digital Killed, on Facebook at Digital Killed the Radio Star. Uh, subscribe via iTunes or uh, SoundCloud. Leave us a review. You can now leave us a review on Facebook, actually. So uh, leave us a review on Facebook or iTunes, and uh, you never know. We may contact you and uh, put a little something in the mail for you. We hope everybody has a good week. Uh, we hope to be back in another week with a, uh, a new podcast uh, with a, a great interview. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.